on this extended episode of the podcast, it's the Transfer Deadline Day Special. We grabbed a few cans and sat down for the last couple of hours of the transfer window, going over all the wheelings and dealings and the last-minute signings for each Premier League club. Sit back, relax, crack open a cold one, it's time for four manks, one toffee. So I think that um, it looks to me like Manchester United's transfer dealings have been completed. Um, I'm saying this at 20.38pm, so still a couple of hours left in the window, um, barring any of those, you know, you always get those special dispensations or whatever they're called, where players can extend their own deadline by 15 minutes or something just to push a a transfer through, but just doesn't look like we're going to make any more. Um, I think that, um, as we've just been talking about there on Twitter, um, Facundo Palistri's agent has accidentally announced his signing for Manchester United by uh, putting a picture up on Instagram uh, of him doing his medical. Uh, it's swiftly been deleted and account is now um, private, unsurprisingly. Um, so that's a done deal for Facundo Palistri, 18-year-old Uruguayan. Um, we've also obviously in the past uh, couple of hours confirmed the sign of Alex Tellez, which is probably the best signing we've made in the window, considering our defensive frailties, uh, if you want to put it like that. Uh, Edinson Cavani's also completed his medical. He'll be um, he'll be announced as a player, I imagine, maybe in the next hour or so. I was going to uh, say, it's probably... dragged on a bit, that, isn't it, Cavani? Well, from, from my own uh, perspective, uh, like working in the marketing team, um, it'll be so that they can have as much exposure over the Teller signing. Like they're still pumping loads of videos out of interviews and all sorts for him. So they would rather get as much clout out, out of it as they can and just stagger it. So it, but that then also says to me, they're not expecting any big name signings to come in now this evening because they will have planned out, right. We'll, we'll sign him. And then Cavani will be announced probably about half nine, ten o'clock, and then that'll be it. The media team will just push out all the uh, communications around Cavani for then for the rest of the night. So, um, so yeah. Other than that, we've got Ahmad Traore, probably a done deal as well. So, um, so what you're saying, Lee, is that at approximately eight thirty-nine p.m. Yeah. on this Monday, the fifth of October, deadline day. Is that you finally recognising that Jaden Sancho is not signing for Man United? <laughs> well, not this window. <laughs> um, I think it was... It, it, I always want to try and be positive, and it looked like a deal was there. Um, agents fees, uh, players, deals, details, etc. had all gone through and been sorted. It was just down to Manchester United to um, to put the money together to, to pay it, and they just didn't. Um it, which is pretty depressing when you think about it. Uh, we signed Donny van der Beek early in the window, and that was about thirty-five million, I think. Um, Tellez has paid for itself because of the signing, uh, the sale, sorry, of um, Chris Smalling. Uh, it was almost fifty million in, fifty million out for that. Um, and then we were apparently signing Ahmad Traore for thirty million euros, um, which is. Um, which is interesting. Um, it'd probably be a lot of a very big structured deal and there'll be a lot of caveats in there. Uh, most likely things like when he wins the Ballon d'Or, we'll pay you 20 million <laughs> kind of thing. But um, 
basically what I'm getting at is it seems that Manchester United just haven't really spent a lot of money at all. Um, Cavani was on a free. We're paying him 210 grand a week, but that's only 9 million over the year. Um, extension clause in his contract as well. I think there's a break clause and an extension clause. So if we want to extend it, we can. But if he wants to get out of the deal after a year or we want to terminate after a year, then we can. Um, but no no right winger by the looks of it. Uh, Ismail Asar deal, Usman and Dembele both fell through. Both clubs wanted permanent sales. We only wanted to offer a loan. Um, now, I, I don't think the fact that um, the loan aspect is because we've not got the money. I just think it's because we know that there'll probably be a stopgap signing until we eventually sign Jaden Sancho. Um, I presume, anyway. Either that or we just don't have the money, which I can't, I, I can't believe that. Um, there's no, no I know. So that's where we are. Yeah, no centre back, no right winger, uh, which is frustrating. Uh, it's the two signings that we needed more than most. I would say that left back would probably be the third place priority, but one and two we've we've not got. We've missed out on so, so much so that this fucking do to, uh, police street looks like he'll go straight into the first team at uh, eighteen. And hey, we. Done all right signing the young 18-year-old uh, wingers before in the past from uh, a, a little club in, in Portugal called Cristiano Ronaldo. But that's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of signing, isn't it? So it's, it's, not, it's, it's not all positive, I don't think. And I think that it's... Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looks to be possibly the first manager to get the sack this season. And I would probably put money on that myself. No. So, yeah, that's where we are. Ole's not getting sacked. We could finish eight, four, ninth this season. All he's not getting sacked. The board have made it abundantly clear that they're not going to sack him. And I don't know whether that's to do with the fact that they don't want to look even worse in the eyes of the fans or the fact that they think that Ollie's a yes man and he's like perfect foil for what they want to do financially with the club. I don't fucking know. But it's a bit different with Mourinho, wasn't it? Because Mourinho's not, he's. Yeah, he's a big personality. He's he's not just gonna say yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir, is he? When when Ed Woodward and the Glazers come along and say, "Well, no, you can't have your centre back that you want, and you can't have this, and you can't have that." Whereas Ollie might be raging secretly behind the scenes, but in front of the cameras, he's he's not going to kick up a fuss. He's not going to kick up a stink, is he? No. He up too much. Also, um, I'm just going to beat Dale to it because I know Dale. I, I can see it in his face. I've known Dale a long time. I can almost read his mind. <laughs> so I'm just going to say what Dale and most other United fans are thinking when we're spending 30 million on Adma Traore. Who the fuck is Adma Traore? <laughs> I've never heard of him. I've never seen him play. He's played 25 minutes of one game, apparently, and we're spending 30 million on him. What are we doing? <laughs> I think that he um, he's very highly regarded. Um, not... Not that that says that 30 million is worth it. You're right, yeah, 25 minutes. He did score in those 25 minutes. Um, but at the same time, he's, he's an 18-year-old lad. Um, or is he 17? Maybe 17, sorry. Um, and, um, yeah, it just seems like we're, we're making a lot of signings for the future. We've, we've signed another young 16-year-old French centre-back as well tonight. Um, Willie something, can't remember his surname. Who apparently captained... Um, France under 17s um, so he might be one for the future but we seem to be signing a lot of players for the future uh, we took Charlie McNeil from Manchester City a few weeks ago or last week uh, who by the way 
started at Manchester United. Um, and then I think when he was 13, he went to Man City. Then between the ages of 13 and 16, or it might have been 12 and 16, he scored 600 goals for the academy. Easy, that. Yeah, but 600 goals is, is ridiculous. So, it, he, he proper trolled City as well. So, put four, on their Instagram. Four Go years, on. 600 goals, 150 goals a year. How many games in a season do you reckon? Like 40? Yeah, probably. He... <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. It was 600 goals in six years because I remember thinking it was 100 goals a year. But still... It's even easier then. Right, so, 100, 100 goals a year, yeah. Say you're playing 40 games a season. That is two to three goals a game. Yeah. That's it's mad. Just, it's just fucking madness, that, isn't it? That is mad. And or unless unless he's doing a Pele and counting, like, five-a-side goals and, um, like, training one-on-one goals that he, he scores. <laughs> Love that. Hey, well, mate, you've been very quiet so far. I know you're, I know you're just... Like, fucking, there you go. That's the reason why he's quiet. He's, he's fucking chinned on the Stella already, isn't it? Has it been that bad a transfer day, mate? It's only Monday. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been awful, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'm still in a bit of a state of shock um, at the result uh, yesterday, boys, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I thought it couldn't get any worse. And then uh, I saw Liverpool's result a couple of hours later. Well, that's bad for them, that. Someone said to me at work this morning, um, "Oh, well, uh, how? What do you think about the football this weekend?" And I was just like, "I don't don't remember anything of the football this weekend." Sorry. Um, oh, apart from the fact that oh, what well, didn't Liverpool get beat seven <laughs> two? <laughs> Made it all worth it. That did. <laughs> it was so bad, wasn't it? Like, and it just. Go to show you done it like Jesus Christ does live on earth and his name's Jack Grealish. Oh, do you know what? His performance last night makes it even more painful that we've not signed him. Like, and do you know what it was? It's funny because, um, I think somebody posted a picture of that, um, that goal that was ruled, uh, to have not crossed the line, or was it you know, the goal score, ghost goal that kept him up last season, Villa against Sheffield United? Um, so that goal. If it wasn't for that, then they wouldn't have stayed up. They wouldn't have beat Liverpool 7-2 yesterday. But it also meant that we didn't sign Jack Grealish because if they'd have gone down, we, we would have had him, I reckon. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit depressing as well, isn't it? But it, it shouldn't take that, though, should it? We're Manchester United, for fuck's sake. We shouldn't be scraping around the barrel like this and signing 33-year-old fucking past-it strikers um, who I thought was overrated anyway in the French League. So God knows what he's going to be like for us. Um, people we are saying, don't know, mate. we honestly it, don't well, know, do we? People are saying that he he'll be an upgrade on Igarlo. Like Willie, really? Like oh yeah, he'll, he's definitely an upgrade on Igarlo. Like Igarlo's greatest phase in his career is when he went through a, a purple patch of sorts at Watford a few seasons ago. Uh, and he's he's done a good job for us in the cup competitions and stuff. I'm not slagging a guy off at all. I, I think he's a decent striker. But yeah. I think we definitely needed him at the time that we got him in because obviously Rashford broke his back carrying us to bleeding. <laughs> what, top top eight were we at the time before all the lockdown and everything kicked in. He's yeah. done a good job, Igalo, and he's shown flashes of quality. I mean that goal against who was it we were facing in the Europa League? Oh, Lisk, Lant, Lisk. Was it Lask? Lask. Yeah. 
and he smashed that. That goal was unreal. He like flicked it to himself twice, didn't he, from side to side, and then volleyed it top corner. Unreal. But he's just yeah. not been given an opportunity. Like Ollie, Ollie obviously doesn't trust him. We said no. that before in previous podcasts. He doesn't trust him, which is why he's ragging the fuck out of the front three. Well, this is he the problem. Even, he's sorry, even, he's, sorry, I mean, he's like he, he doesn't. He doesn't include him on the bench. I mean, you know when you you need you you need a striker um, or someone to come on. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got him there, and he's he's not even making the bench during these games. So it's like you know, if you do need a goal or two. And you've got your your front two or three who look who are, you know say struggling, but you need you need need something else a plan B. We haven't got a plan B because he's not putting him on the bench. But mm-hmm. I mean, with with Cavani coming in, um, I mean he's he's his goal scoring record probably speaks for itself. Yeah, albeit it's probably you know it's in the the Italian league and the French league, which you could argue, you know, the, the standard there, but. You know, it's hopefully he comes in and does something similar to what Zlatan did a couple of years ago, uh, where he does come in, come in straight away, settles in, and you know can hopefully get us. I'd, I'd be happy with with ten, maybe fifteen goals. Uh, if he scores fifteen goals, then I'll buy a shirt with his name on it. You've heard it here. I think, first. I, yeah, I mean, I think with with Cavani, like when Zlatan came in, Zlatan was like the main striker, yeah, up top. Which I don't think Cavani. Well, no. I honestly don't know how well he's going to play it, but I don't think he'll be a starter. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to grab 20, 25 goals like Zlatan did. But like I say, if I think we can get 10, 15 out of him, perfect. He's yeah. a bit of a... It remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. But. He's a bit of a weird case, Cavani, because he's, he's not like an awful lot of strikers that I've ever seen. He's not an Ibrahimovic in the sense that he's, he's like a sole focal point up front. And then, obviously, we... Whether we all agree with it or not, I'm looking at Danny here. We obviously tweeted out the the Falcao tweet uh, with the guy wiping his glasses and stuff. But he's not he's not a Falcao kind of player either. Even when Falcao was in his prime, he's very good in between the lines. I think Cavani, if that makes sense. And the reason I say that is because he seems to have a lot more work rate when compared to like your your typical number nine. Like he, he fucking works hard, Cavani. It's the one thing that I've always thought of him from wherever he's played, whether he was playing in Italy and then obviously went over to France with PSG. Even against Uruguay, like some of his best games, I think, have been for the for the national team. Mm-hmm. Uruguay, some of the best best performances I've ever seen seen him put in, especially in major tournaments and stuff. He seems to be a, a big occasion, big game player. He just he's never really been. He's never really been in a position, has he, where he could prove it. Like Italian league and French league for me is not proving it. Like you've got to be in one of the big leagues. Big leagues for me is Premier League, La Liga, German league to a to a certain degree. Even though it's only a, a it's, you could argue it's a one division league in it, but I don't know. I, I agree with you. If, if he gets us 10, 15 goals, I think he'll. I, I think he'll be brilliant. And if he brings some of that work rate, I don't think he's going to be an altogether bad signing. But it's just a bit rapid. Last day of the I mean, transfer deadline. How how would how would you play? I mean, is is he is he more is he like more of a, a plan B where you know we will we'll cross the ball a bit more because he's he's, he's a bit more of a threat in the air. Yeah, but, if he comes on, you like know, plan B. if that if that's the case, 
who who actually crosses the ball and who crosses it well on our team because we haven't got one one Bissaka can't do it and I'm sure I'm sure Rashford and <laughs> Greenwood I've was... not seen too many crosses off them either. It's usually ball to feet and I don't know. Maybe Tellers yeah, now. I don't know it's yeah, well. But you can drop deep. Cavani can drop deep and pick up the ball from midfield. This is what I'm saying. He's very good in between the lines, I think. Um, I think he's a great signing. Danny, Danny, you've probably seen Cavani a lot more than, than all of us because you're a lot more clued up on the foreign leagues and stuff, aren't you? Like, you're probably best to step in here. And, and if you agree with me? or I, I, think, I think he's a fucking fantastic signing. Um, his age is a worry, obviously. Like, And he goes completely against the ethos that we've been building of young up-and-coming British talent with obviously Bruno being the exception but I link it back to the argument we made with Josh last week about the signings that Everton have made we're bringing in an experienced said our front line is an average age of 22 and when it doesn't go right they don't have the capability to do something different now the option on the bench I've joined the conversation late I'm sure you were talking about Agalo being the other option mm-hmm. he doesn't even make the bench half the time He's not good enough. Like he's a cult hero. He scored in almost every game he started. Like fair enough, he was a banter signing. He's not a United player, and no. we've signed we've signed Cavani on that premise of a gallows off in January, and we're not going to pay his wages anymore, and we don't need him. Now, I don't think Cavani's coming here for a swan song. I don't think he's coming here for a payday. I think he's coming here to prove a point. I still think at 33 years old, I think he's got something to prove. I think he's got a lot of doubters. Like, there's a lot of people that don't rate him and have never rated him because he's, yeah, he's stuck in the Italian league. He's been stuck in the French league. Like you said, his best games have been for Uruguay. That's where people have noticed him. And I feel like, a bit like Suarez in a way, like, they both want something. Like, they want to prove that they can still do it even at their age. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's coming to us for a payday. I mean, he's, he's getting a handsome pay, don't get me wrong. But he was I don't think yeah, he, yeah, he's probably taking a pay cut coming here. Yeah. which says enough, really, because he could have gone uh, to the MLS and been a designated player over there and got bank. Uh, can't do it in China anymore because China's pay system is a bit messed up. Um, I'm excited by it. And I don't know if I'm excited by it because we finally get to watch something different. Mm. Like like you said, Dale, we finally got a plan B now. Like He does drop off. He does play behind the lines. His link-up play is decent, but we finally have an aerial threat in the box, which we've not had since Fellaini left. Yeah. yeah, I mean Lukaku was there for a bit, but Fellaini was always our plan B. Now we've got a top-class striker with multiple golden boots, who is going to be there just in and around the box, being a little cunt. Yeah, which which is what he's good at. And if he can, like I said, ten goals. If he gets ten goals from the bench, that is an unreal signing. Like it's a yeah. masterstroke, but it is absolutely a panic signing. And that, that's the scary part. That's what's worries me the most, that we've left it. It's still not even been announced yet, but it's nine o'clock and we haven't officially announced him yet. So I've just read something about that. Um, oh, no. They're working on the transfer to be announced tonight, but it doesn't need to be because it's a free agent. It works off a different deadline. And um, I was wrong earlier when I said about, um, what's it called, about the Champions League... Um, signing window is finished tonight like the registration window closes tonight it doesn't it's tomorrow night so we can still announce him tomorrow if we need to uh, because it's free agent it's not the same deadline as everyone else that also means that we could potentially go in for a second go at Ishmael Asar no that's that's dead I think Um, they're all dead dead. (laughs) 
Um, you know so, what, right, actually, no, I'm going I'm to follow you up on it. How dare you have the audacity to tell me Ishmael Assar's dead and up to about half an hour ago, you've been messaging the group chat saying, Sancho could still happen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've learnt my lesson, put it that way. Um, so, what, um, what should we look at first then in terms of other clubs' transfer dealings and uh, how they've got on? I think that we've talked about Chelsea enough because they as a sensible, well-run club, got their business done incredibly early. Um, and thus far, has it worked? I'm not oh, entirely not. sure that it has, because yeah. Kai Havertz hasn't really been very good at all. Timo Werner is yet to score a goal. Timo Werner has been fucking dog shit. Been very bad. Um, I think that their goalkeeper, the new goalkeeper, um, is it Mendy? Edouard he, Mendy, yeah. He looks quite good. Um other than that, Ziyech, not really played. Thiago Silva, Dyer. Um, not Eric Dyer, as in he was shite. Um, <laughs> but, well, <laughs> yeah, I did mean he was shite then with Eric Dyer going off the pitch. Anyway. I think he's um, dying shite as well, so you might as well just fucking stay with that reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, who else did they sign? That Malang Saar that they've signed has just gone off on loan somewhere already. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, not I know it's like when you start a new save on football manager and you sell off your team, buy a load of new players, and then they can't play together, and you wonder why you're losing 3 0 every week. That's kind of what's happening. Um, they need to up their team cohesion activities in training, like any, any good football manager uh, player does. Um, but the thing is, I just think that they, they've signed too many players, if anything. Um, but we'll see if it does click. Then fuck me, it'll be uh, it'll be unreal. But uh, it hasn't so far. Uh, they've think, got a good um, result of the day. But I think Chilwell is going to be a good signing. And yeah, he I was agree. brilliant. Yeah. He was fucking brilliant the other day against Palace. He yeah. really was. I was hoping we would sign Chilwell. Um, but then I'm assuming I'm you boys have spoke about Alex Sellers. Sorry, I'm assuming you spoke about Sellers while yeah. I wasn't here. Yeah, not yeah. only briefly though. A little bit. Let's compare it then. Like we're talking Chilwell versus Tellers. Like, it, who would you have rather got? I mean, Tellers is pretty obviously pretty unknown to a lot of people. Mm. Unless you play FIFA or Football Manager, he's a pretty unknown name. He's only played for Brazil once because um, that left back spot has been pretty held down by Marcelo over the years. Yeah, um, but it's come out like was it like forty assists in his last like three or four seasons? Yeah, like, he, take, he takes pen, he takes penalty support. Oh, yeah, like he's got a rocket of a left foot. We said about Cavani, you, you did said, Dale, that who's going to cross the ball in? If it's Tellers. anyone, it's probably going to be Alex Tellers, isn't it? Like, yeah. Tellers to Cavani could be the new link-up. Are you and excited about him? He looks mental as well. Like, yeah, you, that yeah. video I sent in the group chat earlier, of he going sick to the crowd. I think that was just after he scored that absolute screamer I was talking about a second ago, because I saw a fan video of it in the crowd. Mm. Um, and he, he, I think that... In his press release as well, he, he said all the right things about obviously how excited he was to play for such a huge club and where he can't wait to pull on that great shirt. And that's what you want to hear from someone signing for Manchester United, not Osman Dembele, us fucking scraping around having to convince him to come and play for us. We don't want the, that. The, the last I read about Dembele was he was eventually happy to come and play for us, but then it broke down because we wanted a loan and Barca wanted a sale. Yeah. And 
that that just sums up the whole window, doesn't it? Like that just yeah. sums up United's whole window. In the terms of telly, though, like are. yeah, it reminds me. It, it, if he plays like he has done for Porto and what we've seen and what we know, we spoke about Patrice Ever a couple of weeks ago being our linchpin of attacks. I feel like we could be moving back to that again with the left yeah. back just doing everything, and I'm all right with that. Like yeah, if we've finally got a left back who can drive forward. Actually, defend on like that fat cunt Luke Shaw, <laughs> and actually use the ball, unlike Brandon Williams. Yeah, we might be onto something. Well, the thing is, I think that our attacks aren't going to come from our right hand side, are they? Because Aaron Wambasaka can't play football, so they are going to come from down the left. Um, Alex Tellez will be giving Marcus Rashford for once a player who can overlap him and underlap him, and somebody that will take a player away from marking Rashford in order to kind of kind of like give Rashford the space to be Marcus Rashford again. Um so I think it's yeah, I think it's a very promising sign in Tellers. I think it's the best one we've made. Um Van der Beek I think is is class as well. There's only fucking two so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Arsenal look to be um signing Thomas Party. Just about an hour yeah. ago, didn't they? So, yeah. according to um, the the Don Fabrizio, um, they have just about beaten the clock um, to get his signing over the line. So, expect an announcement. Um, what do you make of him? Uh, I think that personally, he'd be physically the right player for the Premier League. Um, I don't know. I've not seen much of him though uh, for for Atletico. He's he's decent party. All I was going to say about that is, it, like they were explaining earlier on, the way it works with um, buyout clauses in La Liga. Have you heard it? How you don't even have to go. So you don't even have to go. Oh to yeah. The club if you've got go a to buyout the agent clause, La Liga, don't you? You literally contact La Liga with your lawyer, and if they say yeah, all good, all cushy, you can literally just go directly to the player. Then the club knows absolutely fuck all about it. Yeah. That is prime La Liga. That. Yeah, but yeah. Remember the, John remember the, the Kappa one? That's how Chelsea got Kappa. Yeah. Just paid out the buyout clause straight away. I, th- I think Thomas Partey might be one of the better signings this window. Yeah. I think he's a fucking brilliant footballer. He is a destroyer. He's going to be what they wanted in Torreira and more. Yeah. Like he's an absolute destroyer. I think his physicality really suits the Premier League more than it does La Liga. Yeah, like I think he's really going to do well. He can use the ball. He's got a fucking dig on him as well. Like no one needs yeah. to give him space within thirty yards because he will have a dig. I think he's a fan. Like forty-five million, I think that's a fucking steal. I think it's that's a, a really, really good buy. Yeah, but to be done to be done in twelve hours as well. Like I know they've been linked with him, and rumors have been going for a couple of weeks now, but they made their official bid today. Like I think that's a great buy. I really, really think Arsenal have done fantastic business. I mean, they brought in as well Willian, great deal. They got Aubameyang to sign the team, great deal. I think they've done well. I think they've had a good window and Gabriel as well. Yeah, and Partey as well. The thing, the good thing about him, and the thing that's different about him for the position he plays in, is he's not afraid to take on a man as well. He's actually yeah. quite good with the ball at his feet. I think he's quite good. At, he's he's got very good dribbling ability, and he he can burst past a man if he needs to. It reminds me of a muscular Kante. Yeah. Muscular Kante. <laughs> well, do you think do you think that um, Arsenal might be ruined missing out on Hassem Oar, or do you think that they might maybe don't need him with Caballos? I don't think they Jaka. need him. I yeah. really think they need him. Oar is a bit of a. It's like a, it, 
there's so many different roles for that central midfield role now, isn't there? Deep line playmaker, box to box, attacking midfielder, pivot, the Thiago role. Like there's so much, and Awad's kind of like in the middle of all of them. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, fucking phenomenal footballer. Like if you ever watched him, fantastic player. But I don't think he was ever asked about leaving. Like he was captain no. of Leon at like 21, 22 or something. Well, we've got breaking news. Breaking news. Ross County have just signed Charlie Lakin on loan from Birmingham City. <laughs> we are in, boys. It's transfer deadline day. It's eating up. Cheers. Now. You've just interrupted me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ross County is trying to break up the monopoly. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, he's... um. I think Awa would be a great signing, but not for Arsenal. I think he'd be a great signing for a Barcelona. Like, in a midfield three yeah. where he can go and do what he wants. Kind of like Artur until he decided to get rid of him and replace him with 31-year-old Milan Planet. But we move. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Morlin is now official to S Roma. Uh, that's just been finished and completed. Um, what do we think about Manchester City's transfer signings this this summer? Summer? Can you call it summer? This autumn? That Torres looks class, absolutely class. Um, their signings, apart from that, were looking a bit meek and dire until um, Diash came in, mm. who I think could potentially be the answer to their company problem. What I mean yeah. by that is you've just not been able to replace company, which isn't the easiest thing in the world to do, is it? But he does look good, that Diash. Whether whether he plugs plugs the gap in time remains to be seen. Um, Aki will be decent, I think. Aki's decent more than anything, just because he can he can fill that left back role as well, which is up for grabs at City. I'm telling you that that is a real problem area for City. That left back. Hey, team. hey, Pep. I'm available. <laughs> Sign me. I'm better than Mendy. He's Mendy. Yeah. I mean, he was not to sound like Dale, but he was absolutely fucking dog dirt against Leeds. <laughs> he got turned inside out like a fucking anorak. He was shite, he was. How you, how you, you can't stick with it. Some of the performances, even last season, were questionable. But so far this season, he has been fucking horrible. You can't yeah. stick with him. When's he going to drop Mendy and put Aki at left back? It's interesting that City have actually been incredibly quiet today. Um, but I don't think it's ever really been their style to uh, to get last-minute deadline deals done. Um, but I, I, they were linked with Nicolas Tagliafico from uh, Ajax, I think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they, they need to sort that left-back position out. because I, I think with that, with that left-back, I reckon they, they're going to be quite comfortable with using Mendy and then Cancelo when he's fit again yeah I feel like I feel like Cancelo when he's fit will probably slot into that role he played about three games at left back at the end of the season and he was better than Mendy was for 30 mm-hmm. so like I feel like that like you said that the City don't do much on deadline day they're pretty find a problem fill it straight away get on with the rest of the, the window yeah no um, but yeah they've had a, they've had a good window like Diaz is good Torres looks great. Um, Ake, like we we all said, we wanted Ake at United. I think yeah, I think I think I think that would have been a great signing for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all right. Good 
good window, better than ours. Not before hard. we um before we plough on, because I, I did mention it at the start and then he froze. Dale, are you sat in your toilet, mate? <laughs> no, mate. No. No. <laughs> on the edge of the bed, mate. On the edge of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that one. <laughs> I, sorry, I have to keep fucking muting and unmuting because this pizza's really crispy and I just don't want to ruin everyone's fucking earphone experience. <laughs> All right. So, uh, next up then, um, is our good friends from Merseyside, Liverpool. How do you rate, first of all, how do we rate the 7-2? Fucking brilliant, eh? <laughs> Second time I mentioned it, don't give a fuck. I'm going to mention it for the rest it of the year. was the only thing that saved my weekend after yeah, watching same. us get battered eh, six months. Yeah. It couldn't have been any better what happened and the order it happened in. And the, yeah. the pictures of Soonus before the game yeah. <laughs> and after the game. And that, that fat, bald Irish fella on that that stream I don't know if you've seen it going around Twitter the Goldbridge wannabe yeah 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 with, yeah, with all the cringy fucking graphics around the screen yeah. oh my god he was laughing his head off at our result and then he was crying uh, when Liverpool got beat 7-2 um, but do you know what Liverpool are looking a little bit um, dodgy mm-hmm. at the moment they've got Sadio Mane out now for well he'll probably be back after the international break won't he because he's got coronavirus yeah. but two weeks um, they're not going to have... Um... Sorry, can I just pause you a second there? Yeah. We're in the middle of a fucking global pandemic, worldwide travel bans, and we're having an international break. What yeah. the fuck is that? It's stupid. It's fucking... And not only that, three teams. We're playing three fucking games. What's the fucking point? Oh, it's ridiculous. No one no. cares, do they? No one's fucking arsed. Can I, no. can I just cut across this, yeah? Even in a world where coronavirus doesn't exist, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, FIFA, enough. Don't want to see international games anymore. Unless it's a tournament, get in the fucking bin. There's no yeah. like, to fuck. I, The Scotland game, fair enough, because it is a, it's a European playoff quali- like qualifier, isn't it? Like, if they win, they're in the Euros. Yeah. But the fucking Nations League. Oh, bro, shit. it was good for one season, and after that, it's just glorified friendlies. No one cares. Keep the players at the club. We've just had a transfer window. Why have we signed Alex Tellers and now he's got to go off to Brazil duty? He should be sat there playing with Maguire in training every single day to figure out how he's going to cover his fucking slabbed ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know how Maguire's going to cover his. What he's going to do is if Tellers ever gets in any trouble and he's about to clear the ball away, he's going to, oh. he's going to go over to him. He's going to pick him up. He's going to pick him up. And he's going to move him to one side and he's going to allow... And Dombele in to to equalise. That's that's after why. After his own, after his own fuck up of a header. Uh, it's oh, a fucking Christ. seven I yard mean, header. What was that header? Honestly. Oh, <laughs> eighty million. That is the world's most expensive uh, defender, lads. You know what? He the only thing that I can think of. Sorry, the, the only thing I yeah. can think of is is that the Greece Greece stuff is still in his mind. He's still worrying about it. I fucking hope it is because yeah, that's the only that. excuse he's got. Yeah, has to be that. No, all no, the more reason it. to buy another centre back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey United, don't fucking don't let us lose six one on weekend, and then uh, sell Chris Smalling, and then not replace him. Yeah, let's not, not listen, do that. I know the point you're trying to make. Yeah, but this is not how the conversation went in the fucking January room at our time. 
Ollie to Maguire. Harry, why did you pick Luke Shaw up when he was about to clear the ball and <laughs> move him to one side? Yeah, why did you physically pick him up and move him to one side? Well, boss, I'm still just a bit hung up on all this grease drama, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what happened, but for some reason, because of the, the post-traumatic stress I'm going under, I decided to pick up our left-back and move him out of the way. I tell you what, talk, talking of that, that talk, if this rumour's true of what Bruno's fucking said to him at half-time and laid into him. Yeah, good. Yeah, need, for, for, those, for those unaware, apparently Bruno was subbed at half-time um, because he had a massive bust-up with Maguire. Um, apparently he said he wasn't fit to wear the armband and the shirt. Led to a massive bust-up and then Ollie told him you're being subbed and you can sit in the dressing room with Martial. Do you know what? That's the player we want at United. Of course it is. Yeah. I want someone to fight for the yeah. shirt. Yeah, I don't want I Maguire do. fucking pointing fingers. Oh, I'm sorry we let the fucking fans down. No, you're not sorry. You're just shit. Do you know what? He didn't use a single personal pronoun in his apology. He didn't say me didn't. or nothing. He didn't say the one, I. The one that hurt the most was the hairs. Yeah. yeah. That one really hurt. Like, he, he's, he looked like since Henderson's come back, he's finally picking up again. And Hayes was just like, no excuses, I'm sorry. And it's like, that hurt. That mm. hurt to watch, like... He's picking up again. He's fucking conceded 11 in three games. <laughs> yeah, but bro, look what's in front of fault. him, man. Look yeah. what's in front of him. Uh, it's not, he couldn't have got near any of those goals. Well, I no. tell you what's not in front of him. Luke Shaw, because Harry Maguire picked him up and put him out the fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> I was how, saying, he was, uh, how he wasn't sent off on weekend is beyond me. That tackle against uh, Lucas was fucking disgraceful. Yeah, but also, how was fucking um, Lamella still on the pitch? Oh, let's not go there. That's a fucking yeah. another talk for another extended podcast that we can do. So you, you think Cavani's been signed just to help Palestri? No, I think Cavani. No, I think Cavani's been signed because we've shit ourselves and realised that we've got no other options, and it's easier to sign a free agent now rather than missing out and end up with another Egalo in January when he eventually leaves. But I also feel like. It's too coincidental for there not to be a link there. Like, we could have gone for any aging striker. We could have gone Fernando Lorente, for example, if we needed a plan B. But we've gone for someone who speaks this kid who we're going to invest a lot of money in, speaks his language, can relate to him perfectly. Just think that they might just be working together on that one. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's a pretty so- expensive interpreter, that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> 200 a grand a week. To, um, to sidestep for a second, lads. Yeah. One of the other main deals today is um, just showing clips of it then on Sky Sports News. Theo Walcott to Southampton. I quite like that. Mm. Eh? What are you all thinking of that? Back to his uh, his home club. Well, yeah, his home club. He's from Southampton, isn't he? I think. Or is well, he, uh, enough, I, I text my Southampton mate earlier. You want me to tell you his exact words? Go on. Um, where is it? Dead signing. He can't cross or finish. The only thing he had was pace. He's like 31. Does he still have pace now? But we need a winger, so nah. Dale, you didn't, you didn't, you were shaking your head then as well. Yeah, I, I think he's, just, I think he's done. I just, yeah, I don't, don't think he's, he's going to do much for for Southampton personally. Um, like I say, he, he had pace. That's what, that's what he had. He was, he was blistering in his day, but injuries and say can't finish his dinner, can't cross. Yeah, I don't think what he's really going to add to Southampton, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I mean, would would he would he even start? No. 
you know, it's yeah, it's one of them. I, I, I think he's had his day, to be honest, unfortunately. But he's a spicy Aaron Lennon, isn't he? It's it's a really strange one. Like his his career, if you think back and look at it, from going to the World Cup as like the youngest single player ever to go to a World Cup and not being used. And then being shifted from striker to right wing and not being used properly at Arsenal. And like obviously injuries have affected him and stuff, but I think he'll do you reckon he'll look back on his career and be happy with it? No. No, he's not I winning. don't think so either. No, I mean he had his time at Arsenal. He won he won a few FA Cups or whatever, probably at Arsenal, didn't he? Um Yeah. He's got that in the look. He's he's won a couple of trophies, but he'd probably look back and think I probably could have done a Bit more, maybe elsewhere, on possibly. It, or on his day, he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like when he first broke free between like sixteen to twenty-one, twenty-two, he so quick and could just get past any defender. Incredible. I mean, I bet I, re- I bet our resident toffee's fucking buzzing that he's off the wages. I mean, it's yeah. not, they're paying fifty, they're paying fifty-fifty, but like it's still it, that was during the era where Everton were just throwing stupid money at players like. Yeah, Yannick Velossi, who I didn't even realise was still at Everton. Like, well, Davy Klassen has just uh, just signed for Ajax again as well. That was one of those in that era. Yeah, exactly. Like they were throwing stupid money at these players, and Everton, like Walcott, was one of them. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a deadwood clearing for Everton, isn't it? Yeah. Good, Speaking though. of Everton, I just want I just want to sidetrack to: Have you seen the tweet or Instagram post from Sergio Romero's wife? Yes, yeah, yeah. she's off. <laughs> I don't blame her. Why, I don't blame why, her. why are we keeping him? So she, she's gone off on one, um, some social media, I can't remember which one it is, basically saying because we're not selling Romero. For some reason, we are not selling Romero, and I don't know why, and she's gone off on one. She's like, he's won your four trophies, he's been there whenever you've needed him, he's sat on the bench, he's done this and that. Now you're, you're end of the deal, let him let go. Him go. Just doesn't make sense why why we've got four goalkeepers. We've got five. We've got Pereira as well. We've got five. Yeah. No, he's gone. Pereira's gone. Pereira's gone on loan. Yeah. Where's Pereira gone to? Oh God knows. Uh, I think it's somewhere in England. I do yeah. think it's somewhere in England. Uh, in yeah, championship. Maybe. Even so, then we've still got four goalkeepers. We've got De Gea, Henderson, Romero, and Lee Grant. Lee Grant. We don't need Romero. <clears throat> Sergio Romero has been hands down the best backup keeper the league has seen for years. He's been so reliable. He's kept record clean sheets in Europe. Let him go and be like, let him go and kick Pickford out of that team. Let him be a first choice keeper. He's near the end of his career. He fucking deserves it. It's embarrassing that we're keeping him. It's disgusting that we're keeping him. What for though? I'm ashamed to say that my club is keeping a keeper hostage that we are not going to use. Henderson's going to play Europe. Henderson's going to play every cup and. Carling Cup, I'm refusing to call it the fucking whatever it is. It's Carling Cup. It always will be the Carling Cup. <laughs> like, Lee Grant, if Henderson's injured, will step in. Why do we need Romero? I love the guy. I want to go and see him play football. Look at Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez is the perfect example of what why you should let a backup keeper go. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we're keeping him. For no Are game. we keeping him, though? Like, what's the script? I mean, if Everton come in with a five million bid tonight... No, they've gone in. They've approached him and United have said no. So we've just talking about said, talk sport. We flat out said no matter what you offer, he's not going. I don't know if they're I don't know if them words have been used, but by the sounds of things they've approached him and we've said no. Because the last rumour before I went to work was uh, Paulo Gazaniga. 
Oh, that's what we like to see. Edison Cavani. Why is he wearing a skinny tie? He's coming to sign for United, not fucking sing for my chemical romance. <laughs> Listen, right. If you are under the age of 70, you should not be wearing thick ties. You should be wearing skinny ties. I've got end cut off my ties. I want to. Yeah, you wear the, the cut ones. I quite like them. Yeah, yeah they're nice. Knitted ones. Um, so, talking then, um, obviously conscious of, don't oh, always sorry, want to Sorry, can I just interrupt you? Go on. Bad reports coming out, I've just been Texas, uh, that United are telling Pochettino be on standby. I was just about to go through that, <laughs> weirdly. Um, yeah, apparently, it, now it is from like the Daily Sport or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, apparently Pochettino has been sounded out and been told if results don't improve over the next few months, then you're in, basically. Um, so, so we've not backed our manager and now we're telling him that if results don't improve, you're out. It's just United that, isn't it? More, it's what we do. It's what we do now. That's, it is what we do. We, don't, we, we qualify for Europe um, and then we don't buy players and then we don't qualify for Europe so we buy players to qualify for Europe then we qualify for Europe again then we don't buy players and then we sat the manager in between that's what Solskjaer, we do now Solskjaer. Neville said it yesterday didn't he he was like look Van Gaal got backed to a point and then didn't get backed and got sacked Jose got backed to a point and then didn't get backed and got sacked Oli got backed to a point with Maguire with Bruno He's barely been back to his window. We've had to scrape for two two signings. One's a panic signing striker, and then we've signed some kid coming in January. He's been backed to his point. It's only a, it's, it's a take, ticking time bomb. End of the day, lads. If it weren't for the fact that we got so lucky against Brighton, we would be sat bottom of the table with Fulham. That's yeah, how shit we've been this season. Mm. It's rough. rough. He's, tacti- he's tactically yeah. inept. His substitutions are horrific. I don't want to say sack him but if there is a better option available now we need to act because he's not going to be there for longer but this no. is what, this what, is what I'm what saying to pause, it, it won't change anything because exactly the same thing will happen with Pochettino <clears throat> this is the biggest problem Pochettino will get backed to a point and then it'll be over again well I'm, and I'll make, I'll make a counter argument to that he's, he's tactically inept because he doesn't have the squad to have any other tactics Klopp yeah uh, I make a very good fucking point here. And I, I, th- I think I make a very, very good point here. What have we all said is Liverpool's weakness. Liverpool, one of the best clubs in Europe at the moment. Pains me to say it, but they are, obviously. Best team in England by a mile. We've always said over the last couple of seasons, their downfall is they don't have any squad depth. They don't have squad depth. They've got an, a fantastic, they've got an unbelievable start at 11. And then once players start to drop off and they bring other players in off the bench... They get sketchy. They lost Mane yesterday. They had no Henderson. They had no Thiago. And they lost oh, Henderson just before the kickoff. Yeah. And they got absolutely fucking spanked by Aston Villa. And as much as their fans want to say, oh, you know, deflections is nice of it. No, you got spanked. You got absolutely shown up. Yeah, they got played off the park. And tactically inept because you don't have the players on the bench to step in. Diego Jota, I like him. He's a good player. He's not Mane. Adrian, you know, he's, a, he's an all right deputy keeper, but you can't be fucking making mistakes like that. 
Henderson is a glue that keeps that, even though he's not a world-class player in his own right, he's a glue that keeps that whole fucking team together. We've spoken about that multiple times before. Thiago, we don't even have to get into it. The guy is just, the guy oozes class. You lose a couple of players from, from Liverpool's first team, there's no plan B. Do you, do you see what I mean? I know, I know exactly what you mean, but in, ter- in terms of being tactically inept, why has Donny, Veek, Donny van der Beek not played more than 25 fucking minutes of first-team football at Man United in the Premier League when That's Paul Pogba is prancing around that midfield, losing it on the edge of our 18-yard box over and over again? That's He's, the one I can't understand. It, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I love Ollie. He provided me one of the best moments of my life. And like all four of us, like that, that 99 winner, We'll never ever forget it, right? Oh. We'll never forget. We'll never forget PSG away. That was. We'll amazing. never forget that. Like we'll never forget the derby wins. He's a feel-good signing, but he is a yes man. And if he's being told, play Pogba, because he generates shirt sales. Yeah. Like he, if he's he's not he didn't drop De Gea last season when De Gea was wank, like and I mean wank, and he kept on playing him. Instead of even drop Romero from the fucking Europa League squad, like that was his tournament, and he didn't. He dropped him to play De Gea. He's not dropped to Maguire once. He gave him the armband after fucking three months of being at the club. That is shit management. Yeah, it's that a is bit fucking of a, awful management. Yeah. It's a bit of a I weird mean, one. I think as well. Go on, Dale. Go on, oh, Dale. Right, I was gonna say just like. That, that post that you've just read about, um, like Bruno, you know, um, having him, you know, having a go at Maguire. I can't see Ollie doing that to any of his players. You know, like, no. like Fergie would have done his time, or probably Jose would have done when he, you know, if, if things weren't going right, you you were getting a, you were getting a fucking you were getting your attitude off. You yeah. know, and I can't see um, Ollie sort of 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 doing that, and it, it has taken a player who who's only been there six months. To let rip into the club captain, uh, supposedly. Um, he let rip into Lindelof yeah, as well, didn't he? In the Europa League. Yeah. And that's why I believe yeah. it to be true because he's he's got previous, and I love that. We like you said, we want that from our players. Yeah. Um, he's, he's showing he's showing passion. He's showing passion already. Six months there, he's showing passion. He, you know, he wants he wants he wants to do well at the club. He wants to, he wants everyone to do well at the club. You know, and that's it. United. Six one at home. The only the only team that should be winning six one at home is United. You know we shouldn't yeah. be, we shouldn't be losing six one to any team. You know if there's going to be a six one result, it is United winning that. It was, you know what? Do you know what's been funny though about the media today, like yesterday and today, how Liverpool lost seven two. Don't don't no. I hate this. I've seen it on Reddit already. This fucking the word in the conspiracy. No, yeah. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying it's a little bit weird how we're a shambles and we've fallen apart. Yeah, it's just a blip for Liverpool. Seven two is a blip for Liverpool. Yeah, but to be it? fair though, it's like Liverpool have won three games and we were lucky to win one. And I think they were lucky to win all three. If, even if we didn't get that red card, we were still on our way to be spanked yesterday. Yeah, we they, didn't, they didn't get a red card. No, I'm about us. Like when, because it fell apart after two one, didn't it? When my Martial right. got sent off, but even then, we were well on our way to getting spanked that game. We were we fucking would have, embarrassing. We would have got beat four one yesterday. 
if Martial Easily. stayed on the pitch. It, I mean, maybe, maybe we would have pulled on a one back. We were losing that game regardless, and I don't want the red card. Mm. As fucking ridiculous as it was. And VA, I'm not... Yeah. Lads, we need to make a pack now. We're not, not going, going there. We're not VAR going there. Again. We're not going there. But we were going to lose that game regardless. Liverpool, you know, it was just a bad performance. It was a fucking really, really bad performance. There was a couple of things that came out of that game for me, though. One's a squad depth that I've just been talking about. I do think it's still a glaring issue for Liverpool that they do not have the strength in depth. And if they lose a couple of key players, they their performance levels significantly drop. And the other big thing for me was um, Van Dijk again. Just poor. Yeah. Just, he's been one of their poorest players this season. And, and so now I'll tell you who has been one of their poorest players. Trent Alexander-Arnold. I was going to say Trent. Trent's been missing. Yeah. Trent's been missing. Everything, every, they targeted him so well yesterday. Grealish had him on toast. Because him and Barkley defend. together. No, he can't defend. You're right. He absolutely cannot defend. No. And Grealish realised that. And fair play to Aston Villa. They capitalised on that completely. Everything went down that left-hand side. Mm-hmm. Trent was exposed completely as a defender. He was awful. Ross Barkley looked like he was playing for Everton again. He was that <laughs> good. He was, he he was good. Wasn't loving he? it a bit, wasn't he? I think he's going to do really well there. Talking yeah, like of transfers, like, let's link it back to the original topic. I think Aston Villa have had a great window. Yeah, Barkley is a fucking. That is one of the, that will be one of the signings of the season. That I think you're I'm right. Telling you now, yeah. as soon as a as soon as a fan, because they were in for him or Ruben, it was one of the other one. They were going to get him or Loftus Cheek. And in my head, I was like Barkley, yeah. Barkley all day. Do he's not go Loftus Cheek. Get Barkley. What a signing he's going to be. And the reason why Barkley is such a good signing for Villa is because of what it means for Grealish. Grealish is forever. Yeah. Last season, and the season before, obviously, in the Championship, when he dragged him out of the Championship, he's always been their focal point. He's, like, responsible for everything. And the pressure's just fucking on him to do everything. Yeah. With Barkley there as well, he doesn't have to be that guy anymore. Like, the shackles are off him. And you saw that against Liverpool. Like, he's... I don't think that's a one-off performance for Grealish. I think you're going to see loads of them this season. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah. I think a big part of that was the fact that Barclay's in the team with him. Do you know I what? Think I think that if um, Gareth Southgate doesn't start Jack Grealish against Wales, then I'm going to find him. I'm going to fucking volley him. Because <laughs> with, the, with the players that are now suspended or been dropped and his performances... Who starts? He, he should be the first name on the team sheet, Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish has been one of the best players in the league so far, and it's not even close. He's been and, outstanding. And Jordan Pickford's name should be nowhere near it. No. The, the oh, thing is with Villa, if you, if, you look at, if you look at Villa's front, I always class it as a front four now. Everyone seems to play this 4-2-3-1, or this 4-3-3 with like one of the centre midfielders pushing forward. If you look at their front four now of Grealish, Barkley, Trezeguet, and Watkins. That's a fucking brilliant front four. What a sign I, I think, Oh, yeah. I, I think I said it, um, it must have been in our season review, and I said Aston Villa will be well clear of relegation this year. Yeah. Um, because, like, they, they would know, there's no way. Big enough club, make some good signings, they'll be well clear. And they're sat fucking second. Sat second with a game in hand. Yeah, with a game in hand. They, they've done... Brilliant business, like you said. Watkins, twenty-eight million. We questioned it a couple of weeks ago. It's taken him a few games to find his feet. He looked like a natural finisher. And what I loved about him yesterday, 
was in his interview and he was like, yeah, I've scored three, but I should have had more. So, like, it's bittersweet. Yeah. That's what you want. You don't want to hear a striker who has, he missed a few chances, say, oh, yeah, I'm really up on metric. He's like, yeah, I should have had four or five. <laughs> that, that's what you fucking want. Like, that is unreal. And then John McGinn, if he can keep him fit, he'll be like a brand new signing this season again because he was missing for most of last season. Emmy yeah. Martinez soaring up the fucking defence at the back because he's a great goalkeeper. I think they'll be. I think they'll be brilliant Aston Villa this season. Villa, I mean Martinez. Who was the? Who was that penalty save against? Was it Sheffield United? I know Sheffield United. Lundstrom. What a penalty save that was! What a save! Like the guy's got. He, he made a fuck up a couple of games ago, didn't he? Can't remember how it was against. But I, I don't think you're going to see many of them from Martinez. It didn't didn't cost them the game, did it? No, no, really fuck. He's he's been class, Martinez. I'm just shocked by the like, you know, it seemed like they were um that game against Sheffield United did not convince me at all because Sheffield United went down to ten men very early. And yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was just how well Sheffield United played or Villa were having an off game, but he just he took them a long time to ground them down. But they just top team, the top ten team for me this season, Villa, if they carry on the way they're going. They look good, don't they? Absolutely. I can't think. I mean, we, we spoke about Everton, we spoke about Chelsea. Villa have had a great window. I, I can't think of any, many other teams apart from those two that I, I mentioned. Think Leicester, before then. Leicester have had a really good window. Yeah, that changes. Yeah, Undo looks like he's going to be a good player. I think Castagna coming in, Castagna's been fantastic. Um, they have a good window. I'm just looking at the league table now. Leeds, Leeds have had a solid window. Can't, I don't know if they're going to do any more business. Um, they just signed someone today, Lee, haven't they? They signed a winger. I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, they've brought in Rafinha, Rafinha. aren't they? From, uh, wherever he's from in the French League. Don't know anything about him. Just they know, I know him from FIFA. Uh, West Ham. What a fucking turnaround at West Ham, by the way. COVID Moyes. COVID what Moyes. What manager. COVID Moyes. Moyes. The best manager of all time. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they were brilliant against Leicester. Yeah, they were fucking oh. outstanding against Leicester. Played Leicester off the park, didn't they? Absolutely. Oh, it was fantastic. so weird to see. So weird to see. Mikel Antonio has just started the season like he ended it last season. He looks brilliant. The the change to five at the back and just pushing Aaron Cresswell just a bit further in field. He, I think we always forget how good he can be because when yeah, he yeah. broke I through, think, he was unreal. Yeah, I think um, the chief. Well, I think the two sort of forward mids, um, Bowie, I thought he had a, a great game, finished oh, off yeah. with a goal. And um, is it Suchek or some, something Suchek, along those yeah. lines? Yeah, Thomas Suchek. I thought, he was, I thought he had a great game as well, as well as, well as Cress, uh, Cresswell and at the back. Was it Ogbanner? Ogbanner and the, the, new, the, the new lad, the, the new lad they've signed as well. I can't remember who the, what his name is, but the new centre-back, it was oh, his yeah. first game and he, he was brilliant. Uh, too far, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was brilliant. What a fucking game. I mean, Vardy out of the game completely. To be fair, he, could, he, he probably could have said all 11. Had an absolutely yeah. brilliant game. Yeah, I absolutely agree defending. with that. Be- the best thing that's ever happened to that club is David Moyes getting coronavirus. Can you <laughs> fucking believe that? Could you imagine the scenes yesterday? They went a fucking few goals up. He's fucking on the blowers as Stuart Pearce. I'm gonna shit that kettle on. I think I think their best bit of business this season was actually keeping Declan Rice. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think managing to tie him down and like with Chelsea, we're sniffing around him all day. Um, I can't believe this Thomas Party deal isn't even finished yet. His agents have only just arrived at La Liga headquarters to finalise the deal and pay his release clause. Good. I hope we don't have to. They're cutting it fine, aren't they? No, no, hour fifteen. Newcastle, Newcastle have signed Rodrigo Vilca from Deportivo Municipal. I don't know who that is. No idea. Who the fuck is that? (laughs) Manchester United have announced the signing of Edinson Cavani immediately. Apparently, have we? Is well, Talksport said that they've completed it. Announcement expected imminently. So, because right. BBC Sport literally just tweeted out there saying um, Simon Stone is here to discuss why uh, Cavani might not get done over the line this evening. But obviously, that's what you said earlier about him being a free agent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, not, it not mattering too much. Um, I'm just looking like the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. It's depressing me seeing us in 16th. Uh, bottom three. I mean, Burnley are there on zero points. Josh even said Josh said a few weeks ago that Burnley could be in danger. Yeah, Sheffield 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 United. Um, let me just count this: one, two, three. Eleven points ahead. Eleven places ahead of Leeds United. That's not a surprise to me. That's mm-hmm. very quick. It's sitting right nice in my pocket, Chris. We'll see. Four games anyway. <laughs> and um, Fulham, who were in talks to sign Loftus Cheek on loan. That'd be a great. I mean, they need something, but. Fulham's problems no, not, not going forward. The no, de- no, their no. defence is a fucking shambles. Ariola yeah. had the game of his life against Wolves and still got the same, win. They've got the same problem as us then, haven't they? Yeah, you're all right going forward. <laughs> absolute nightmare at the back. Our defense to be fair, it. we're we're only three points ahead of them. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, I worry when we get back after this break. Newcastle away. Ah, oh, dread to think. That's not a nice game to go because Newcastle are back on form again. Like they look really good the other night against. They did look good the other night, yeah. You know, Callum Wilson's coming, hit the ground running. What yeah, do you mean Newcastle? Really good signing. Newcastle haven't been in any form since 1995, mate. I wouldn't fucking worry about Newcastle on form. Fuck you now. Not to hurt your feelings, Ali. I know that. I know that your dad's team, but Jesus Christ, bro! Incoming four nil. May I just remind you, we lost six. One at home with our supposed best eleven. Yeah. That's why Newcastle worries me. <laughs> I'd start the cup team against Newcastle, and I'm being deadly fair, and I don't mean that as a piss take. The cup team has been playing fucking great. I know it's going to be Brighton, but at least you looked up for it. You know what I mean? One matter, yeah. one hour player of the month vote. I know. <laughs> that was going to be that. <laughs> uh, here's an idea, Ollie. Play him in the league. He's still yeah. fucking good enough. Of course he is. Yeah. Just change yeah. the formation up a bit. He doesn't have to be like he's. I, I get what you're saying. Like you know, I'm trying to sit on both sides of the fence and see both sides. I don't think we should bin Ollie off. I don't think he's been backed, and I don't think he trusts a lot of what's on the bench. Well, you don't have to be a four-three-three merchant all the time. Like Not you can, time. you can drop to to more of a classic four-four-two and get matter in there, sat behind the top two. You could argue that you don't need to have as many defensive midfielders packed in. And what I mean by that is, Pogba, really, we're playing him as a defensive midfielder. Why? 
Why do we need two? Why do we need Matty Champok and Bruno having the freedom to, to push up? I tell you, he's really impressed me this season, and he's like one of only players that has impressed me. And he's back off last season again. Fred, when Fred's played, Fred's yeah. been great. Yeah. Fred's been really good. He needs to play instead of Pompa. Like if he if he doesn't want to deploy Van der Beek as deep as we want him to play, like I'm happy for Van der Beek to just go on and do whatever the fuck he feels like because he's that good. But if yeah. he doesn't want to do it, play Fred in that role. Like Fred's yeah. brilliant. I would. Fred, Fred is Fred returning into a really, really good football. Yeah, I don't. Fred and Matic work. Yeah. To be fair, Fred and Scotty work. Fred and Scotty work really well together. He's got I'd to like change to see, up now. I'd like to see, yeah, yes. Because yeah. Martial's got a free game ban, so he's he's got to do something. Like we can't. Surely he's not going to go four chess. Four D chess, mate. Martial got sent off to give Gavani game time. Big brain. <laughs> Martial knew as soon as soon as that Lamela elbow came across, he was like, "Ah, oh, Cavani's coming this week." Cavani, oh, Cavani's <laughs> going to elbow other defenders instead. Love that. Thing is, we will probably have to start him because he'll have a three-game ban, won't we? Martial, start him. What's what's the worst that can yeah. happen? Yeah, start him and then bring on Igalo or bring on Mata and push Greenwood up front. Oh, do you know that's so that's why we're signing these young right wingers to accelerate Greenwood's development to be in the number nine striker. Yeah, I agree. Um, that was something Oli said the other day. One, he was like, the only thing that he's missing to be a striker is his heading ability. Yeah, and, but I think that's that's good that he'll learn that from Cavani in training. Yeah, hundred percent. Cavani in the air is brilliant. Yeah, he is. But I, I can't wait. Do you know what makes me laugh though? How are you going to accelerate his his heading capability? I'm getting Cavani in my head. I can't stop thinking about him. How are you, how are you going to accelerate his heading ability yeah, or capability if you stick him out the right wing? He's not going to win headers there, is he? It's playing central. No. I don't oh! know why we don't. What? Cavani's taking the number seven shirt. No. <laughs> Leave the dreams yeah. over. Right. The dream's over. Yeah, I'll be gone next year. Uh, well, I know Sorry. what I'm getting for Christmas. What's this? Sancho, yeah, live from Sky Sports. Sancho not coming in? Live from Sky Sports, lads. Live from Sky. I've got the earpiece in. What's that, What's that, Jim? Yeah. San, Sancho was coming to United, but now that the number seven shirt is not available, he's staying at Dortmund for another season. Sorry, lads. In a weird way, I'm glad Sancho's not coming because I made a bet yesterday that if we do sign Sancho, I've got to get hashtag J7 tattooed on me. So... <laughs> I'm glad I've got away with that one. In the nicest possible way, Danny. I couldn't give a fuck about you, bet. <laughs> Who's that? That is. Is that Laxalt? Diego Laxalt that's just yeah, signed for Celtic. Yeah. No, he's not. He used to play for Milan. No, he's not. That's that fucking kid using diversity. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he, looks, he looks just like him when he was younger. What a build, Danny. <laughs> um, oh, I'll tell you what, I can't I wait. Him, me. He was in Celebsco dating. Fucking love him. What a lad. I can't wait to uh, have um, Cavani starting against Newcastle and to play pure Steve Bruce ball against Steve Bruce. Just yes. long balls, balls into the box. Oh, we can it. finally go back to prime David Moyes. 82 crosses against Fulham. <laughs> Fucking injected. Yes. 
straight into my veins. I was there for that match. I had the se- I had a season ticket for that, um, and that was maybe the most painful experience of my life. Other than watching when City came and dicked us three nil, and it should have been a fucking nine nil. Like watching us just cross the ball that many times, and um, Breda Hangeland must have come off with the sorest head in the world because all he was doing was just heading it every minute. God. Oh my word! Breda Hangeland develops Alzheimer's in ten years' yeah. time just because of that game. Because of that game, <laughs> you can blame David Moyes if he remembers him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mine was in Porto. Look at Dale. Dale's like, that's where I draw the line, lads. Yeah, lads, I'm going to back out after this one. <laughs> All right, we've got, we've got another one coming in now. Spurs... Spurs have apparently advanced talks with Joe Roden. Oh yeah, who? I've that who championship Joe, defender? Joe Joe Roden. Yeah, Joe Swansea. Roden. Yeah, from the Can Joe Roden experience. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a Swansea defender, and he'd be a good signing. That I think. I know nothing about him. Never, yeah, never heard of him. I don't pay attention to lower league football other than national league. Spurs were looking at so, so Spurs signed that Vinicius, not not the Madrid one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but they were also supposed to be signing Milan Skriniar, uh, which I think would have been a great signing. I can't believe he's not gone anywhere other than stayed at Milan uh, or Inter, sorry. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe clubs have got reservations over his like, I don't know, his temperament or something because he is quite a fiery character, isn't he? So I think Inter just didn't want to sell him in the end. I think Inter were just like, we haven't got enough time to replace him. Obviously, with their windows shutting a lot sooner, they were. I think they were banking on uh, Chris Smalling maybe being a backup option. Like we know, Conte loves a fucking Premier League cast-off. so he's yeah. probably looking at Smalling and licking his lips. But with Rome, with Roma snapping him up again, then they just thought, "Fuck it, let's just keep him." But they want to get rid of Ericsson, don't they? Ericsson's been offered out to Premier League clubs again today. Unreal! What a waste of a transfer that was. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you wish. Is Deli Ali still there? It's Spurs. Yeah. yeah. There. Yeah, PSG went in twice for him and both got rejected. And super moting going to Bayern Munich. I don't understand he, what he's got. He must have something over all of the. He's big... got. He's, he's got, got the, the best, best agent in football. <laughs> 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 well, well, him or fucking Braithwaite. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He's stealing a living him that cheap promoting. Oh, I'm, I'm quite jealous actually. You know what made me laugh earlier today, right? So we we signed Tellers, didn't we? And yeah, um, yeah. by the way, lads, I I've had four beers so far, and I'm not a very heavy drinker, and I'm about to have my fifth. Um, so expect slurring over the next forty minutes. Anyway, <laughs> we announced Tellers. We announced Tellers. Welcome to late night. Hey. Four nights, one toffee. I know, and it's live. Um, Teller's got announced before and there was a statement that come out where Ollie was like, oh, you know, we've, we've been there. Uh, we've been big fans of this lad. He's, uh, he's got the right personality and stuff. And, you know, we've been tracking him for some time. Absolute bollocks. We started tracking him about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
We started tracking him when Regulon went to Spurs. That's when we started tracking Salah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Didn't hear a fucking yeah. thing about him before that, did we? But I'll tell yeah. you, he looks a decent. But what we we started tracking him when Porto realised he's only got six months left on his contract, and we're like, oh fucking hell, we need to like get yeah. some money before he goes on a free. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how transfers work. To be fair, I've not even heard of him. So when he first got popped up, I was like, "Who is he?" <laughs> he's a decent player. Like obviously, like every other United fan, I've started paying more attention to him ever since his name was mentioned. From what I've seen of him, he's very good. Um, the, the fact that he's he's somewhat of a dead ball specialist and he's he's got a good delivery on him is more encouraging than what we've got at the moment. We're sure. The, the, only, the only thing I'm not sure about is like it's you can't really say much about his defending ability because he plays for Porto and Porto are playing a very poor league. Well, funny enough, my mate just texted me there and he was like, because um, I just texted him then about the Cavani deal and he was like, well, let's be honest, like we need something. I was like, yeah. I said, I'm excited about Tellers and he was like, I'm not. Like, have you seen his defensive stats? I was like, well, no, but it's got to be fucking better than Luke Shaw. Has to be. And I think this is the worrying part for us now is the signings that we've made, and this has been my argument in the group chat and in general, Tellers I'm happy with because he's got it better than Shaw. Cavani I'm happy with because he's got it better than Agarlo. Yeah, we're making improvements, but we're not making outstanding improvements, are we? No. It's... Um... It's just, it's just panic buying and stuff. And like Cavani's a panic buyer. Like you, you can say whatever they want about you know monitoring the situation and stuff. What's it to monitor? If you wanted Cavani and you wanted him all this time, you would have signed him on the 1st of July when he was available. My mate said this to me earlier. He was like, if you were after an experienced striker, why didn't you sign Suarez? And I was like, with two reasons. Like, A, Suarez would never come to United. Like, with his Liverpool pass, he would never come to United. Don't but B, him. it is a panic signing. And like that's bottom line. Like like you said, we would have got him January or June first, sorry, July first, whenever he got released. He's been passed around clubs left, right, and centre. No one wanted to sit pay his like agents fees. Atletico didn't want to do it. Uh, Benfica didn't want to do it. We're we're the mugs who had desperate enough that have had to do it. Now don't get me wrong, we we've got a potentially or previously world class striker. Whether he does it or not, I'm I'm just gonna hold my breath. I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx things. But we were the only club willing to pay his agents fees and pay him his high wages. What does that say when Atletico Madrid rejected him and signed Suarez? Benfica rejected him and then let go of Vinicius and we were the ones that paid for it. Is that the calibre of club we are now? We're looking at Benfica and Atletico Madrid levels. And PSG didn't want to keep him. And PSG don't want to keep him, yeah. So it does say it does say a lot. It does say a lot about the signing. I don't get me wrong. I hope he comes in, and I hope he proves everyone wrong. I hope he comes in like a house on fire, and he bangs goals. I do think he will score goals. I think he he's a natural goal scorer. But the last person I said that about was Simo Werner, and he's done fuck all since. So mm. I'm keeping my gob shot. I'm not saying anything until he plays. I I, I think we would. Oh, it would it would have looked. A lot worse had we paid a fee, an extortionate fee, yeah, as well, yeah, along with it. Um, I, I think that the fact we've got him as a free agent, yeah, his wages are 
probably double most of the starting eleven anyway. Um, but I, I don't know. Is, is it? It's a risk. Will he? You know, is it? It's probably a risk worth taking. Uh, and like I say, if you, if, they, if they, it would have paid an absolute fortune for him, I would have gone definite, definite panic buy. Um, and he's still, he's still, he still is a panic buy in a way. But the fact that he's, he's, a, he's a free agent has lessened the blow a little bit on it. But yeah, I think this we will, um, we will this see. Cancel clause, we'll see. This, this cancel clause is quite good as well. This if it's yeah. a two-year deal. And we've got the op- yeah. like both parties have the option to cancel midway through the like midway through the, the contract. I think that's good. If it doesn't work out, we can just cut ties. And if he and if he doesn't like it, he can cut ties as well. If he thinks he can get football somewhere else, then fair enough. I, and yeah. I pulled my face at it at first, but I, the more I'm thinking about it, it'll be 34 by the time that clause is activated. It's not a bad option to have if someone comes along. If Lee's not here now, but he'll fucking bum me for saying this. If summer comes around next year and we start chasing after Jane and Sancho again, and we can free up some wages by cancelling this contract, then it will be a good deal. I've just used Sancho as the example there. I just saying to my mate there, what the fuck's gone wrong with this? Like, we have never had a saga quite like it with Sancho, have we? Especially one where we've not ended up with the player. Oh, we almost had it with Bruno, didn't we? I mean, that went on for the whole of January. Um, went on for the summer as well, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we probably even ended up paying the fee that the original wanted in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it makes you think, well, you know, what, what, what discussions are taking place? You know, with, with, with sort of movements, you know, is there any to and fro at all? You know, for the end of the day, to actually pay the same fee that the club originally wanted in the first place. It's, it's mind-boggling. But I heard something before, though, and it's a very good point, I think, with Sancho. If this carries on, the pandemic, and because it is hurting, I mean, I know Germany are allowed fans. Do you have 11,500 in the... 11,000 um, in Dortmund, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something, isn't it? But it's not, it's not the full capacity that they're used to. And it is hitting clubs in the pocket. It's one of the, it's it's a massive factor even for the big clubs. If this carries on all season, all the way through to next year, are they going to severely regret not accepting ninety million for Sancho and letting him walk for free? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Is is it only? Got, is, is the only? He's not only got one year left on his contract, has it? I'm pretty sure something came out that he had two years. I don't know where that came from. There's, I'm there's no, sure there's no way, there's no way that they wouldn't have accepted ninety million if he's only got a year. If it's what, it's the fifth of October now. In three months, he could sign on a Bosman. There's no way that they have taken that risk if he's only got one year. It's gotta be two. Well, they whipped out, didn't they? Because everyone was saying he had a year left in his contract. Well, they whipped out that that thing, that news that came out like three, four weeks ago, didn't they? Where he went. Oh, we actually signed an extension a few years ago. I wonder, I wonder if it's like what we do with players where we have this like year of extension, like thing after certain games and whether like it's just like, yeah, yeah, potentially. Like, there's no, there's no way they take that risk. There's absolutely no way that they take a risk with three months away from the January window that he can leave on a free without taking 90 million. Oh, what? That's... 
Aberdeen have just signed Gary Woods from Oldham Athletic. That just shows you how in the fucking sea Scottish football is. That Aberdeen have gone after a player from Oldham. What, they league one? Yeah. Two. League two. Yeah, it might be two, actually, yeah. Mm. Fucking league two. And you've got Celtic and Rangers fans on Twitter going, oh, our, our fucking league is absolutely outstanding, man. Hey, it's fucking not, though, is it? Adam Rooney left Aberdeen for Salford, say. <laughs> it's bad, isn't it? It's so bad. Aberdeen consistently finished third every single season and oh. he dropped down the League Two in England. It's so bad. Awful. It's just wank. Celtic, they were playing in Europe again. I can't remember who they were playing, but I put them on an acre. And I don't know why I did it. Like the amount of shit I give Celtic, I don't know why did I show them that? Why did I give them that vote of confidence? They had me sweating the entire night. I think they only won one nil, and it was some fucking awful team from somewhere or another, like some Latvian team or something like that. I'd never even heard of them. They're just shite, aren't they? Yeah, they're not the best. They got a horrible um, Europa League draw, didn't they? I'm not sure. I didn't pay any attention to the Europa League draw. Because I'm sure, I think Spurs got a decent draw. I didn't even pay much attention to the the Champions League draw. I only saw United's group. I didn't pay attention to anyone else's because I saw who we got and I just checked out. I was like, nah, group of death, done. Enjoy your fucking six games, lads, because we are out. We're awful, man. Yeah. We're so bad. Like I said, mm. Palace wiped the floor of us. Probably should have been 4 or 5 1. Brighton, on another day, don't hit the woodwork five times. They score four or five against us. How Trossard did not score in that game is fucking beyond me. We got lucky. Spurs, let's be real. World six. Would we have argued with seven or eight? No. Ten. No. Ten. Yeah, ten. No sort of disrespect to, to Palace and Brighton, you know, but they, they were they're sort of lower half half teams. And um, I mean, we did get away with it against Palace, but like you said, Danny, they, they could have had four or five. We, we got away with it against Brighton, who again could have had seven or eight themselves. And then we came up against a, what's hardly going to be a, a, what, a top six team this season. Yeah. And they, they basically put, put they us to the sword, didn't they? Wipes yeah. the floor with us. You know, if, if those first two games are any anywhere near a top six, top six, top eight team, like you say, we could be like a Fulham right now, bottom of the table, zero points. You know, and things are looking pretty pretty bleak. But I mean, I think I said it in the group chat. Uh, was it this morning? Um, just, oh, your rant! Your rant this morning was yeah. outstanding, mate. Um, I mean, I say there was there was a time at the start of the year, or you know, just a few games before lockdown, where I actually got you know excited about watching United again. We went on the unbeaten run. The football we were playing was fantastic. I mean, Bruno came in and sort of gave us a lift. And then um, it was a couple of games before before lockdown. We sort of petered off a little bit, and then we've come back after lockdown, carried on in that vein. Well, say carried on in that vein, just sort of. Yeah, a slow decline. Slow track. decline. Yeah. How how we've gone from that to where we are now in a space of six months is beyond me. I mean, 
mean, like I said, it was that was the first time in about seven years I actually got a bit excited about watching United again and, and potentially what, what we could do. But the change in six months is phenomenal. I, can't, I just can't describe it. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Bizarre. It's like, it's like watching David Moyes football again. Mm. Like it, it genuinely is. It, we look... We look out of our depth. We look slow. We look boring. We look awful at the back. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who our two best centre backs are anymore. Like, I really don't. And one of them we sold today. Like we sold our best centre back today, as far as I'm concerned. We shouldn't have sold him. Um, no. Fair play to him. Like I wish. I wish Chris Mullen all the best. I think he's an outstanding footballer. He was the captain of our club a few years ago. Um, that them two seasons under Van Gaal, the Mike Smalling era, was was outstanding. He looked nailed on for England and United captaincy for years and years. Didn't work out under Jose, and he's gone and reinvented himself in Italy. Fair play, can't argue with him. But I, I'm with you, Dale. I I don't look forward to watching United anymore. Mm. I really don't. And I walked out. At, um, I what there was a point where we were, I think we were four one down. It was in the first half, and I watched Maguire pass a ball out to Luke Shaw. Simple 10-yard pass. And he blazed it five yards wide of him. And uh, this is like the 37th minute. And I walked out. I walked out because I had my own football game to go to anyway. And I was like, I walked out. I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't mm. I don't need to watch this anymore. Like, this is embarrassing to watch. Lads, I drove from North Wales to Manchester to go to a training session that I wasn't even supposed to go to at 3-1 because I just didn't want to fucking do it. I just couldn't do it. The red card happened and I just thought, fuck this shit. Uh, and it's not often. There's very few games where I've I've left OT early or I've turned the telly off and been watching from home. That was fucking one of them. And I have to say, I think I, I, think I walked out of one game during Fergie's time at United I think I've walked out of four or five since yeah and I, yeah, I think that, you all know the game is. you all know the game under Fergie probably our fucking darkest hour that 4-1 against fucking Liverpool I would say oh the one where Torres yeah. ran fucking Vidich riot oh it's just like every other de- game when fucking what was their fullback called Oh, it's going to do my head in. What's John Anarisa? No, 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 no. He scored the fourth, I think. What's oh, um, Aurelio, was it? No, oh, is he fucking... I, can't, I know you're on about... I can see him yeah. in the head, and I can't, I can't say... I can't think of his name, but I know you're on about... Because he scored yeah. the fourth, didn't he? But um, it's just become a common occurrence ever since then. The, the, the performances are just so fucking poor. I remember back in the day, I used to go to the game... And then what, find highlights on YouTube and watch the highlights and then watch Match of the Day as well and be excited every time I'd load it up. And now, I, I'm not even asked if I don't watch the 90 Minutes anymore. Like, I, I don't care. Mm. Andrea Desena. Desena, that's the one. Yeah, but anyway, let, yeah. let's, let's move on from United because we don't want to isolate or like eliminate everyone else because this can become a United podcast sometime. 
What are we saying? There's like half an hour left of the transfer window. Party hasn't signed yet, which I think Arsenal fans might be sweating about. This this is probably going to go out as the window's finished. I don't think Party's happening. Why, why, why do clubs leave it so late? Because they fucking panic. Do you, do you go for the whole window, Graham? Nah, nah, something like that. Something. And then all of a sudden it becomes the last day and they're like, oh, actually, yeah, we probably could do with a midfielder and a, and a defender. And what? City and Chelsea, perfect examples for me in this window. Chelsea, business done. And Liverpool. Liverpool have been brilliant with it. Yeah, well, Liverpool, look at Diego Jota. Diego yeah. Jota expressed an interest. You said it on, on the last podcast, Danny. Expressed an interest. Transfer was done in less than 24 hours. Done, dusted. Yeah. That, that's how you do a deal, that. Exactly. Couldn't agree. What, Couldn't agree what, what's your fee? What's your asking fee? All right, yeah, we'll pay it. Come up for a medical tomorrow. Finish. Done. I mean, and we've had this last season. Last season was the first season where the window was shut before the start of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. We introduced yeah. it, yeah. And, and it was brilliant. And that's how it should be from now on. Obviously, with COVID and stuff, like it's the, like it's pushed things back this season. And hopefully, next season, we'll be back to what is normal. But this idea that it's taken clubs like United, Arsenal, Fulham, anyone else, three or four games into the season to realise we're fucked. You've had two months. Like I know we, I can only speak for United because I know we've got so many problems with the board. And Lee's actually spoke about in our chat because he's had to disappear about someone asking our opinions on West Ham. Now, they're about to lose Philippe Anderson, which is mental. Because do you remember when he signed? Yeah. And how good he looked when he was playing in Italy? Mm-hmm. And he's off to Porto now. But our, our ownership seems to be similar to theirs, where it's just businessmen that just don't give a fuck about football. And it goes back to when we'd say about clubs like Berry, who finished, Macclesfield, probably probably finished now like these business owners that just don't know anything about football and don't allow finances until the very last minute it's ruining football mm. like, and it's ruining and it's ruining clubs like Ollie Ollie's been left out I, I wanted to deviate from United but I'm going to bring it back as it's reference Ollie's been left out to hang, hang out to dry here because he wanted players and he's not got them I'm going to defend Ed Woodward a bit here, and I don't like what I'm about to say. I feel a bit sorry for him. Because if you look at it as a hierarchy, he's stuck in the middle of Ollie, I want players, and the Glazers don't spend any money. That must be a fucking horrible position to be in. Hmm. Do you not not get someone in for that position, i.e. a Sporting director or whatever the whatever the these big clubs are using now. They they yes. Is that what we're missing? We, it is exactly what we're missing. But in terms of what the Glazers want, which is taking profits out of Manchester United into their pockets, if we appoint a sporting director or director of football that will make them spend money, which goes completely against what they want, and that's where I feel sorry for Ed because he's just stuck in between this hard place of uh, Ed does not want his fucking house getting fireworks and flared and death threats every day. Like end of the day, he's a human trying to do a job. Mm. He's he is he's the puppet master to the Glazers. 
as far as the Glazers are concerned, he's doing an unbelievable job because financially, even during this shit time, we are still profitable because we're not signing players and we're not asking what the manager... There's too many layers. There's too many layers in this football club and not enough footballing brains. Arteta was given a job title change of head coach to manager, which means he is in charge of signings for the first time. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is classed as manager, but has no say in the signings. And I think that is very fucking clear. Well, you know for a fact Oli's had nothing to do with Cavani. Cavani's not a, a chance. Cavani's a Woodward transfer. He's not mm-hmm. an Oli transfer. Tellez... Cavani is a shirt sales. Yeah, Tellez is an Oli transfer. I mean, the, the kids, these these kids that are coming and stuff like, pro- probably a lot to do with Oli, to be fair. But the Cavani one's just bizarre to me. Like, I just don't understand why... All the focus has gone on to that when if we wanted an attacking option, not to fucking go back to Sancho again, but if we wanted an attacking option, the price was there. Just give them the money. Do you, do you not think... I, I used the Regulon deal a while ago when saying how... It's a, it's a weird saying, but not negotiating with terrorists. With Real Madrid wanting that buyback clause and us not bowing down to it. In a weird way, are you not glad that we didn't bend over backwards for Borussia Dortmund? Because, let's be real, Jadon Sancho is not worth £120 million. No. Or Euros, whatever the conversion is. Yeah, he knows that. Dortmund know that. United know that. I am so glad that we, like, and we held out for the £18 million for Smalling as well. We actually fucking sold a player for his value, which is rare for United. When you look at Van Persie, we bought for 30 and sold for 2 million. We sold Nanny for 1 million. Like, we have a history of just selling players for nothing. Yeah. We're finally getting fees back for players which we deserve to get. In a weird way, I am glad that we didn't bend over for Dortmund. I'm not bothered because it's just not, it's not the problem position. The problem position for us is a centre back. Like that's that's where we needed to strengthen, and that's where we've not. Now, I, I've got no choice. We've got no choice now as United fans. We have to have faith that there's a plan there, and I'm going to assume that the plan is either he's going to drop Maguire for Lindelof, and he's going to try Lindelof and Bailly and hope that it works. Maguire's, and it Maguire's never getting dropped. Or one of the young lads is coming in. So Mengi. You know, Twan Zabi needs to come back. I don't know what the crack is. Um, yeah. Theo Walcott's just been announced. Southampton. Great yeah. signing, that. Yeah. Just oh, say that. great. I think he's a great signing. I know you think he's past it and all the rest of it, which is, is completely understandable. I think he could still... It, it feels like a step backwards for me for Southampton. I feel like a real step backwards for Southampton, that. Speaking of... Um, you, were, you were talking about Regulon as well. Someone who we've not really addressed throughout the whole podcast... For having a very, very good window. Tottenham Yeah. But I don't want to talk about it because I'm jealous. Well, I mean, if they if they get Roden, that's that's another that, that's another squad player in terms of strengthening the defence. Mm-hmm. Regulon's a great signing. Like he's he's been great for them so far. Bale's not even played yet, but fucking hell, he, he might have played a more important role than anyone. 
in lifting the spirits around the club. Hoiberg yeah. um, has looked outstanding. He, he was certainly good against us yesterday. Oh, he, was, that, he, was, he was best player on the pitch for Spurs, I think, apart from Son. He was outstanding, Hoiberg. Who, um, who else have they brought in, Spurs? Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty, yeah, great signing. Who, who hasn't actually turned up yet. Yeah, I, I didn't think, think he, that. I think he's looked yeah, very poor agree, in his yeah. first couple of games. And I think that's why Aurier started against us. And I think that's because of he's now playing as an actual right back rather than a right wing back. Right wing back, yeah. Um, and I think I think he's good enough as a player to adapt. Um, but yeah, I, I've not been impressed with him so far at Spurs. I think he's been very, very poor. I say great signing because we know what he's capable of. Like we've seen him at Spurs, yeah. we've seen him at Spurs, seen him at Wolves performing very, very well. Um, and the other signing, obviously Joe Hart, which is, let's face it, it's I, very good cover. I think it's a great signing, especially if Gazzaniga's on his way out or whatever. I think great historical English goalkeeper, very good backup. Um, yeah, I think they've had a great window, Spurs. I really do. I think. My mate is a Spurs fan and he was saying like he's annoyed at this window because Jose's been backed more than Pochettino ever was. Yeah. And it it's a strange one because there was there was clearly a future with Pochettino there. And it does feel like they have they did take a step back bringing Jose in. But Jose Jose does seem like he's he's found he's found something at Spurs and then I say that and in the same breath it is Jose and it, it will never last because it's Jose. It never does. I don't know though because one, cycle, cycles are there to be broken at one point or another and two, how much money have Spurs really spent in this window? It's not a lot when you think about it. You've not... What was it? Doherty was like 20. Regulon was 20. Hoiberg was, it was like, I think it was like 15, 20 but Walker-Peters going the other yeah. way kind of balanced it out. Bale's alone, but it's realistically close to 30 million with his wages. I know they're only paying half, aren't they? So 15, 20 million, basically. Yeah. Uh, hearts are free. So you're looking at like 90 million or something. It's not, I mean, in, in, in today's day and age, it's not an awful lot of money, that, is it? And who's the, so you've got rid of Kyle Walker-Peters. Who else have they shipped off? You've got rid of Sessignon on loan. He's yeah, going to the Tongan left on a free transfer. Yeah. So you're talking the Tongan was probably one of their highest earners. Yeah. Kyle Walker Peters has obviously brought in money. Sessignon was probably on quite a bit bit of a wedge. I'm sure they've got rid of someone else. Are we forgetting someone else. I'm really trying to think. I can't. Um I can't think either. As, oh they brought in they brought in Vinicius as well. On yeah. loan. Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. I think you've been quite, by today's standards, for a big club, I think they've oh, been very shrewd business. Yeah. I think they've been very shrewd. And Spurs look to me, I mean, especially yesterday, they look like a top four club. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I, I tell you what, Harry Kane's come back. He looks fantastic. I mean, he had a bit of a, last season, he, look, he looked a bit. Yeah, probably not all there, not hundred percent. Yeah, he's come back all you know, fully fit. Um, yeah, I mean he he looked great. Son as well, he played he's played fantastic as well since he's since the start of the season. Um, 
Sunderland. My question would be, where, where, where's Gareth Bell fitting in this when he comes in fit? <laughs> That's going to be the key, isn't it? Is fitting him in because like he'll take Lamella side right wing yesterday, didn't he? Like he'll take Lamella's place. Yeah. Is it, the one that's going to get cast out again will be Lucas Moura. Yeah. Lucas Moura is always the one at that front three that gets cast out, and it's such a shame because he's such a talented player. We, how many minutes has Stefan Bergwijn played this season? That's how good that that Spurs front three has been. That Bergwijn hasn't even seen the starting eleven yet. But this is the goal. If if Jose can get them top four, and they have got Europa League this season as well, which is a route. Yeah. It's a route into the Champions League at the end of the day. So they have to take it seriously. But and even Jose knows that with the money as well. But if they manage to get top four or get into the Champions League for the Europa League, that that's the sort of squad depth that you need. Oh, they've been brilliant. You, you can't you can't dispute what they've done. You no. really, really can't. I, in the, if you look at their type of ownership compared to ours, with Lever versus Woodward, two very similar characters in a way, very just like business-oriented people, we should be looking at them and thinking, well, what the fuck are we doing? Because they've smashed it, and we've, yeah. we've shit the bed. We've absolutely shit the bed. I've... Um... Because he's been around at Spurs for a long time, Wavy, hasn't he? And I, mm. he's always had a reputation. And before the documentary came out, I was always very critical of Levy. I just thought he was a wanker, basically. I just thought he's a tight ass. Just wouldn't spend. He's not, though, is he? He's not. I, do you know what? It came across really. He came across really well in the documentary. I thought, and as shrewd a businessman as he is, all he wants is the best for that football club. He fucking loves yeah. that football club. Loves it. And it's not like he's disrespectful to people either. Like, you know, the first episode where he had to sack Pochettino? That hurt him, that. Oh, yeah, you um, could tell. Yeah, it hurt him. That. He, di- he didn't want to do that. And he, he's, he just seems like a, a genu- genuinely likeable guy. And he doesn't seem yeah. to want to tread on people's toes either. Like, I don't, I don't get the impression that he's trying to pull rank on Jose at any point whatsoever. No, just cracks on, lets him get on with it, doesn't he? Right. I'm actually quite, as much as I don't like Spurs, I'm not going to begrudge them any success. I think they get top four this season, and it vindicates Jose as well, because he's had a lot of fucking criticism over the last few years. Yeah. I just he, don't know he's, round he's, up. He's, turning it, he's definitely turning it around there, and he deserves, he deserves full credit. And the thing with Spurs as well is, we saw them get absolutely tore apart in that first game against the season against Everton. And it caused the board to act. Like since then they brought in Regulon, Bale, Vinicius. Like they've they made the only new signings that were on that pitch at the time were Hoyberg and Doherty, to the point where Doherty's even in the starting eleven anymore. Like as Aurea's taken his start spot back. So that reactionary result made them made Levy pull his finger out and be like, yeah, okay, what do you need, Jose? Let's let's do it. Contrasting to our 3-1 loss, where, again, we did nothing. Yeah, I can't, I can't knock Spurs. Like, like, the documentary is such an eye-opener for anyone that's not watched it. It is yeah. so, so good. Unreal, that documentary. I think, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be bold. I think Spurs will finish third this season. The way they're playing. And the sign is that he brought in. 
And if, if I could be even bold, I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me if, listen, we all love Everton and, and the run that they're going on, just because it pisses Liverpool fans off more than anything. Uh, <laughs> it makes me extremely happy. But uh, we, we're not expecting it to last forever, are we? Like, the, the, not, not the bubble's going to burst, but someone's going to let some air out of the at the tyres at some, some point. They're going to come unstuck. They're going to come up against some big teams. And it's not realistic to think that they're going to challenge for the title or anything like that. But top four, I think they'll give it a good go, Everton. I wouldn't be surprised. I think this season we could see the biggest shake-up to the top four and six we've seen for a long time. Yeah. I, I think we've us, I, us and City underperforming the way we are doing. Because City, we, we talk about us. City are only one point ahead of us. Like yeah. City look just as bad as we do. Um, Arsenal, jury's still out on Arsenal. They've got results, but they haven't looked great. Um, Everton, Leicester, apart from the result against West Ham. Uh, Spurs are looking fantastic. I think we could see a big shake-up to the top four this season. I just think it's still probably far too early to to make any sort of judgment prediction yet. I mean, I'd probably still, again, they'd probably leave it till Christmas. Yeah. See what the crack is right. at Christmas. Um, where you are at Christmas, you're generally probably not going to be far off there come the end of the season. Um, but yeah. As, as, as good as a start as some teams have had and as poor a start as others have had, you know, that could easily change in two or three games. That, yeah, we could come back off this international break and be in, incredible again. Yeah, I mean, it all, it all comes on the run of the fixtures and stuff. But I'll, I'll probably, yeah, leave it till Christmas and we'll have, probably have more of an idea, you know. I'd, I'd, for Josh and Everton, I'd, I'd love to see them carry on doing what they're doing because they look fantastic. You know, yeah. can't knock Everton at the moment. They look absolutely brilliant. I mean, the signers they brought in, Hamas Rodriguez looks... Ben Godfrey today. Ben Godfrey, was that 20 million, was it today? Yeah, yeah, million? 20 million. Great signing. You know, Calvert-Lewin's stepped it up a level from last season. Um, a top-class striker now. You know, the two midfielders he got in as well. The other day again, he's header. Like, unreal. The hang time that he gets. He's just... Carl yeah, Ancelotti's uh, he's building something there. And if... Like I said, I don't think... I. It's probably too early. And if we're being realistic, they probably won't break the top four this season. But if they finish top six, get a bit more investment, get Europe, get a few more players in that Carlo wants, you could be looking at Everton finally fucking sorting themselves out. I think top six is I think top six is definite bang on for Everton so far. I mean you've already got to you can People underestimate how important it is to get these points on the board early on the season. I think I do agree with you, Dale, completely. I think by by the time Christmas comes round, you genuinely you generally know where people are going to finish, don't you? But twelve points on the board already. To get a top to get a top six position, what do you need? Sixty. Yeah. Well, we yeah. finished yeah. We off fifty-six, don't we? Yeah. So if if Everton needs sixty points to guarantee to guarantee top six, then they are four games down, and they've got to get forty eight more points now for thirty four games. Well, let, let's be real, mate. They were one of only two teams that are maximum points. The other one's Aston Villa. 
Exactly. And to win the league, lads, we've only got to get about 100 points now from 35 games. <laughs> so the, press, the pressure's on. And on that, on that note, the, the transfer window is just about ending. No more signings are happening. Sancho is not happening, so Lee, you were wrong. You fuck off and you can apologise to us in the group tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> let's, let's bid everyone a, a fond farewell. Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at 4Manx1Toffee on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4Manx1Toffee. Thanks from myself, Lee, Danny, Dale and Josh, and we'll catch you next time.